Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'll do the announcements after. I, I got to go start the uh, live thing before I forget to do that. So, yeah. Um, it's been an interesting week. It's been a trying week. It's been a very stressful week for me in particular. I'm going to lay a little bit low tonight. I'm not feeling well. But I am. I do have notes, and I do have some things you know I want to talk about for sure. And always full of information, man. It's not Start going through some of the stuff you uh, sent. Turn... Hey, uh, can you guys check the live stream? It's not letting me. I don't know. It uh, says there's an error trying to broadcast the live stream. That's all right. We can, I'll check it out. I'll check it out after. Yeah, mine says mine says an mine says an error has occurred while trying to play this media. Yeah, that's what I got. When I yeah. that's all right. We can do without. I don't know if people can hear us on their computer if that live stream's not working. So I just I just need to go. I don't back think and they check can. We get rolling. No, I don't think so. No, this new, not, yeah, I don't think they can because I can't hear it on mine. No good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, you wouldn't. Uh... Yeah, I'm getting that error message. Anyway, uh, today is October 16th, uh, Tuesday, and I'm Gus from RedressForDummies.org, and. Um, Oh, I've got October 25th. There's something There's something going on October 25th. <laughs> uh, tonight's episode is uh, 177, Hands-On Help with Jeff and Dana. Jeff uh, Winkler and Dana Woods. Jeff's in New Jersey. Dana is in Missouri. And they've both got some very interesting backgrounds. And tonight we're going to be talking about plant compounds and dual extraction. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow night for my last episode of Common Law Word Nerds which is going to be episode 178. I'm going to be all done after that. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about some stuff that's actually where I'm going. I actually moved to Minnesota because I had met somebody who foraged, and I wanted to know how to do that. And um, so I figured I'm never going to find those kind of people living in New Hampshire. <laughs> so I... Uh, and there probably are some, just not in the cities where I was at, and I needed to get someplace else, and this seemed like a good place. And uh, it's so cool that this is what Dana does and that she's willing to explain what she does, how she does it, you know, and Jeff does a lot of this. Uh, Jeff has a lot of background information, different uh, things that are very similar, and I, you know, he, he knows all that stuff as well. And so uh, it's going to be a really cool show, and it's great to to have them with us. And I'm going to turn it over to Jeff or Dana, whoever. You guys can just take it from here, and and, and I'll just watch the board. Why don't you start us out tonight, Jeff? <laughs> I, uh, 
I'm just excited because we have we haven't done a show uh, in a little bit, like a, a decent uh, a breakdown kind of of really what Dana's wheelhouse is, and that's going to be what what this show is. I mean, the extractions that's your wheelhouse, and knowing the knowing the herbs and knowing um, the connections and knowing when to go get them, what they look like, what to do with them when you get them home. <laughs> you know that stuff um that's that's so, so important i think one of the main reasons i wanted to partner up with you because i think that this this information is crucial and vital and needs to be shared and documented and people need to hear it and start utilizing it and sharing it with their friends and all that stuff because it be the healing of everyone i've got multiple friends just in this past week where sepsis has been involved in their life and they, they just shouldn't be in this situation. I know for a fact that the answers are in the plants around us as far as healing goes. So that's where I'm at with it. And I'm going to turn it over to you because, you know, you have... I started reading through the information that you sent, Dana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is just... Holy, I'm saying it. Holy shit, man! You know, and it's, like a squirrel, there's, there's, I, I rat whole lots of information. And, no, but and, it's all it's freaking awesome. Documents. No, it's great, and you know that's kind of my point is that you know, you having the documents is one thing for you, you know, and and but it's a, it's different for to be able to share some of that, and and have it where people are sharing it and learning it and, and sharing it with their kids. And that's what I want to see. You know what I mean? I'm sure that's what you kind of see too. Well, yeah. I mean, that that was a number one goal. I, I think I have been fortunate throughout my entire career. And whether that was job, school, um, therapy, what, whatever, and, and doing this, Somebody, I was fortunate enough to always have at least one person there reaching their hand out to me and saying, let me help you. And usually had the the sense enough to accept that help. And, you know, I mean, just whether it be through my supervision that I received um, you know, because I received that for free and didn't have to pay hundreds of dollars an hour, you know, I turned around and I did that throughout my, my career as a therapist. I supervised students. Uh, I supervised people for licensure. And so transitioning into, you know, this, this health side of it, again, um, when I came to the Chummy and Friends groups and and, and, you know, our Dundee, just all of our various groups, there was somebody to extend a hand. And it's not my information. Information is, belongs to all of us. And certainly I can't take credit for, you know, these discoveries. They were here many thousands of years, hundreds of years, whatever, before me. Um, but what I am good at is researching and rat-holing information and putting things into practice. And so I absolutely um, want to do that because we, you know, we're the the storytellers. 
Um, we're the healers, and right. it's it's our responsibility to share this information with others freely so that they can then in turn do the same. I'm part healer. I'm part, I'm part conduit, though. You know, I'm more conduit than healer. You're more healer than I am. And I, I although I am a healer, there's no doubt about it. I am a nurturer, and I am all those things. I've also, I'm also kind of a tough love uh, guy, and so it, it doesn't always work for people. But the reality is, is I am. But more than anything else, I'm a conduit where I connect people to people like, like you, right. like, and you know, and and to people like who make oil and people that make, you know, herbal extracts and tinctures and stuff for skin. You know, I I have several friends, okay, that make things like topical and you know all kinds of different stuff but none of them are as schooled as you and that is what is so important i feel is that you know knowing the why and the how something i mean these people are not going out there and capable of like you know making tinctures uh specifically for uh uh someone's illness uh, maybe in some instances they are but um, they definitely aren't able to maybe to be able to tweak that for that specific person's specific needs for them, their specific self uh, on the levels that you can. And that's a big difference, Dana. That's a huge difference. And, I, you know. Well, and I've, I've got some folks who, you know, have been some pretty amazing students. And, you know, they're mm-hmm. they're just taking it by the horns and, and running with it. Awesome. And so I've got some folks who are beginning love to it. buy herbs, huh? I said I love it. Yeah, oh, my God, it's so exciting when I've got some, you know, where they got, you know, they're posting pictures of, uh, you know, Lonnie. I mean, she's got this notebook, and she's, you know, taking notes, and she you know, is copying the recipes, and she's just eating the information up. And, you know, it was finally one day she was like, I think I'm ready to make a topical. You know, I'd really lo-. And I was like, hells yeah, because a topical is a great way to dip your foot into the water. And send her, you know, the ingredients to get her started, and then, you know, now she's going with that. Now she's researching herbs that she wants to try to incorporate for some things. And, and um, you know, and I'm pretty sure she'll be on tonight. But there's, you know, just so many folks who I see, you know, jumping in and, and learning to, whether it be make colloidal silver or, you know, they're starting to get out and, you know, because I post insane amounts of mushrooms and plants and whatever I come across when I'm hiking. And, you know, I, I see people starting to do that more or take, you know, they take the picture just like, I, and what is this? Does it do anything? And that's all, you know, that's all it takes. You don't have to have a lot of fancy equipment. You know, at first you just have to have a desire to kind of look at cool shit and a way to take pictures of it. And then you come back and research it. And then, you know, you can get, we can talk, you know, beginner books. Um, most most states within the United States have a state-by-state, like conser- their conservation department puts out, like usually ours puts out a mushroom book, um, you know, a plant book, you know, wildflower book, a uh, shrub book. So they, they put out a couple of things. And then certainly there's a number of phenomenal books. Um, like the Audubon Society is a really fabulous book for mushrooms and, 
and herbs and flowers. And in fact, they have an app that's like a couple of bucks, but you always have the latest updates. So anyway, ah, let me take a breath and, and, and stop for a second. So, But I'm really excited. And so, um, you know, tonight I think we'll focus on um, like antiviral, some antiviral, antifungal herbs. And we'll talk about those as well as some mushrooms and kind of which need a dual extraction and which don't and what that entails. Um, and then carrier oils. Um, and, and so what are the benefits, the ins and outs of various carrier oils and things like that? Um, and, and just kind of go, I know that you, uh, Jeff, specifically wanted to talk about sepsis and MRSA. and Well, and yeah, at least cover it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that we're going to start seeing more of this. You know what I mean? Um, well, look, at, I mean, just everybody's on these antibiotics, and then people with compromised immune oh. systems continue to get vaccines, and most of the vaccines say, hey, if your immune system's compromised, don't do this. But uh, it seems that that kind of goes to the wayside. That and just kind of cleanliness or people not recognizing it and then touching stuff and, you know, because like MRSA can can live days, if not maybe over a week uh, on surfaces and, and, and bedding and, and whatnot. So our hand, foot and mouth disease, you know, these kinds of things are incredibly contagious. So, you know, proper proper decontamination basically of everything is important. Um, you know, it's not about just popping hey, what? or drinking a tea. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of really serious things to get into. What I was hoping uh, to start with would be some of the more basic stuff like dandelions. You know, everybody's got those things that everybody has and what you can do with them, and how do you do that stuff? You know, what, are the re- what are the basics of making your own stuff, whether it's topical or uh, a tincture or you know, whatever, whatever it is you're making? Well, I mean, uh, you can go anywhere you want. It's not, it sounds to me like a six-month series of, of shows. <laughs> I know, it is, it is. Uh, so, well, okay, we, we, we can do – so dandelion – is is wonderful uh you know it's that you know gorgeous yellow quote unquote weed that grows everywhere and 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 um it's great for the blood it's great for the liver it helps detoxify um you know it helps the 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 kidneys kind of with their function um and then when you start looking at various aspects so the flower the, the greens and the root are all medicinal, and they all have slightly different characteristics. Um, when you begin to look at kind of the anti-tumor, anti-cancer properties, that's more in the root. Um, so when I use dandelion, I utilize the, the whole plant. So I process them differently, like I, I process the flowers so that's, you know, a matter of I, I pluck all the flower heads off, just sometimes I'll just go pop them off. That's what I do early in the, like in the, when they first start popping up, because at that point, neither the plant nor the root is going to be very big. 
So I, I first start with those. And, of course, you can make wine and jelly and all kinds of other other stuff out of dandelions. Um, so dandelions also... What do, you, what do you do with the... What do you do with the heads, Dana? How do you so process them? So I just them? I pull the heads and um, and then I'll I have like a strainer, um, and so then I'll I'll give them a good rinse with distilled water and and you know wash them around, and then I lay them out um, to to kind of dry, um, and then I'll either I have baskets that I dry things in. So you can either do things like they have like little hanging netted baskets that are partitioned off and they have different spaces, but it's it's kind of a mesh. So those make great drying things. Um, just buying baskets from flea markets is a great way to dry things. Um, and then I also um, will dehydrate them, but I don't really dehydrate the flowers so much because um, they turn into the little white poofy seed things. And that can be kind of a mess, <laughs> a dehydrator. So mm-hmm. I usually I do an air dry with those. Um, then as as it spring is progressing, um, and there's there begin to be more, and you've had a couple mows, and the, and the greens get bigger. Then I begin to harvest the greens, and they're really high in a number of vitamins, including vitamin C. Um, they're really great to put, you know, when I start eating yard salad. So, you know, I, I love yard salad in the spring. Um, it's just awesome because it's just whatever I find growing. So um, anyway, so then um, as as time goes on, then bigger plants, bigger roots is what are what you're looking for. And, you know, I have like this long not a piece of rebar, it's some kind of a gardening tool, but it's just a long round thing and it it helps you dig roots out and I just round that out and I pull the root out and I clean them off and then again, you know, you you always clean everything. So I get a brush out and scrub the roots down and I separate those um, from the leaves, the leaves and stuff after I've cleaned those, those I normally lay in the dehydrator and I'll dehydrate them. Of course, they're wonderful to eat fresh. Um, they're great to infuse into teas. Um, all parts of the flower are um, with the roots, with any root, um, once you've harvested that root and you've cleaned it properly and, and scrubbed it down, I always recommend pre-cutting it when it's still moist um, because once they get hard, they're next to impossible to cut and sometimes they're really hard to grind and chop. So I cut them into smaller pieces to begin and then I go ahead and dehydrate them. Um, and then, you know, I'll either, if I need to kind of fine cut them more, I have like a, a grinder that I use. Um, or, you know, sometimes I'll do more of a powder. It just kind of depends on what I'm, I'm wanting to do. So, you know, dandelions are boom out there in the yard. They're really great, super healthy. Um, and they're, they're, really great for helping you know detox the body um so with the um so do you uh, do you make anything special with them or do you just oh, like, gosh. Well, like if you're making dandelion wine so you do that with the heads um yeah with the flowers 
and and you, you really don't want to get that green edge because it's the, the little kind of neck collar because it's pretty bitter. It can make it bitter. So it's really it's it's takes right. a lot of effort. I tried once, and that was way more work than I ever wanted to do. With <laughs> so that didn't happen. We did, again. we did that when we were like, we did that when we were like 15 years old. Yeah. The worst thing, worst thing ever, ever. Oh, it's and it's hard. <laughs> things off, and it's a big pain in the ass, and and you know you've picked this bag of, you know dandelions, and then by the time you get it all broken down, you got like two cups of flowers, and you're just like, this sucks. I need like sixteen cups. <laughs> so, uh, wow. Yeah. Well, so it's a great idea if you've got if you've got three kids at home and a big field. And, Absolutely. You, know, you want to give them something well, to do. Well, people who are motivated yeah. to make wine, I'm just not. I I just it's my dad's the winemaker, not me. Um, I just you know that's one of those things where I'm like, you know what? Don't have to know how to do everything. I'm giving that one up to the universe, and I don't jack with it because I just don't have room in my brain. <laughs> uh, I don't. So for the most part, the dandelion is just something you eat. Uh, in its entirety, the root or whatever you put it in your salad. I mean, there's, is yeah, that, not the root. I wouldn't. I've heard over salad. and over that. It, no. Uh-huh. You but, would not eat a root in a salad. Not necessarily. I mean, I guess if it was a fresh root and then you chopped it real fine, but if okay, you were so going to eat a root, kind of rough. Then, like Queen Anne's lace, which is this, you know, big multi-white flower. It'll usually have kind of a pink or a magenta spot in the center. It's a little flower, um, but it's you know uh, it's something that you see coming into the spring and all all till the through summer. And so Queen Anne's lace is also called wild carrot. Um, in history, it was used for abortions, um, but it was it's also has. Uh, analgesic properties and antibacterial properties, and it's a coagulant. So, like, we were out doing barbed wire fence one day, and whatever happened, and, of course, the the barbed wire came down and bit my arm pretty bad, and so cut me open. And so I looked around, and boom, there was Queen Anne's lace all over the field, went over, grabbed the flowers, and, you know, mushed them and put it in the wound, burned like a bitch, but just for a little bit, and then it, it stopped <laughs> it stopped the bleeding. And that's what they used along with certain mosses, like on battlefields at times were like queen. That Anne's is days. absolute. Huh? That is absolute about using it in the field in during the wars uh, early on. Uh, yeah, so Queen Anne and lost Queen for a lot of stuff in my portable, you know, my medicine kit. You know, it's there just in case. Um, but when you you pull it or pick it, but when you pull it, the, and they they'll have the bigger plants have a really nice root and it just has this beautiful carrot smell. You'll understand why it's called wild carrot. Um, so I I would just be more apt. To, to add it to that and save the dandelion root for tea or something or I don't know. I mean, you, well, you can it. just let it, it grow. You can just, you can just take the top and let it keep producing. Abs- yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, so... Yeah, if it's too much work. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I know. I mean, you could though, but the dandelion root, it's it's quite a bit of work. Um, so again, if it's your one man show, it sounds you're like own, it, you're gonna get a bigger bang for your yeah. Bucks. It sounds like it. It sounds like too much work. What, so what I'm looking at, I had an uncle in Canada, and he used to he he was illiterate, but he knew all this stuff that you talk about. And it used to drive me nuts, and nobody in the family would would check with him and get the formulas, the remedies, the things that he used to do, and write this stuff down. And he passed away maybe fifteen, twenty years ago. And when when I found out what you did, I was, I was like, man, now I can finally, you know, you know, see this stuff and find out what do you do. You know, I've heard like I've got. My friend Chelsea talked about the the dandelion roots and you know a lot of the stuff that you talk about, but I don't know what to do with them. You know, and I don't know. Right. Like you know, it's easy to pick all. It's easy to pick the flowers to take just the heads or to take the whole thing. And if the roots are too much work and it's worth taking the tops, then take the tops and let you know let them grow back. But right. you know, it, it's it's. Uh, well, and even then, you're you're likely not going to get the whole root. And so if you can, when, when digging rooted plants, you want to take like the top third, about the top third of the root, um, and then that yeah. way there's still some left, so okay. it, it can continue to grow. So, you know, yeah, that's on, cool. on bigger that's great. roots. Yeah. Um, so things like leeks and and uh, that that grow that are like an onion, yeah, you you leave that bottom part and cut like the the top third of it, top half, and then you leave that the rest, and it'll grow. Or when you're harvesting, you can do that with an onion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Wow. Like, I, man, that's, my onions just continue to, I just keep separating them because they keep growing. But if you take, like, the bottom part of an, an onion and, and put it in water or put it in some dirt and water it, like, I do that with my onions, my scallions, oh, yeah. my celery, lettuce. my lettuce, yeah. all that stuff. Oh. That, all as long that as it's organic and hasn't been doing. treated, yep. Oh, yeah. Like, I get all my pepper seeds from, my, usually, so I have, I don't know what generation plants, because I'll save the seeds from my peppers, then dry them, and then I plant them the next year. So, cheap. Cheap. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it's, it's, um, it's all the... It, it's those things like the dandelion or I, I, another one I heard about often is plantain. And, yeah. and you know, there's all these different things that grow pretty much around everybody's house. Even if you oh, live absolutely. in the city, so, you know, it grows around. I eat yard so, salad so in the spring. It. It's usually got lamb's quarter, um, dandelion, um, violets, the uh, little purple, sometimes the, the purple violets. Um, oh, it'll have sometimes Queen Anne's Lace in there, plantain, totally love plantain, another one that's power-packed, full of vitamins, super high in vitamin C, got a great taste, um, it's, you know, it's plentiful, so, 
Yeah. Um, and then they plantain and dandelion, so they also make some pretty phenomenal topicals. So they also have pretty significant um, anti-inflammatory properties. Um, so um, taking, like, one of our tinctures we have is called Sleep Pain Calm, and originally it was one of my first ones we made, um, and I made it for dogs. Um, I was, you know, needing to make something pet-friendly, and um, so it's good for humans. So, you know, at lower levels, it's calming and 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 just chills you out and kind of can help with aches and pains. In higher doses, be more sleep-promoting. And it it's a mixture of dandelion root, St. John's wort, and Chinese skullcap. And so, um, and, and it can be used topically as well as taken orally. So, you know, all of a sudden, you're going to find that a number of your plants are going to have dual purposes. Like a lot of the anti-inflammatory pain plants are also usually going to help kind of reduce anxiety and balance mood and things like that because, again, we're reducing, you know, inflammation within the body. Um, So, you know, plantain's another one. You just harvest the top third of the leaves it's again it's in the the spring and summer i eat it all the time in my salads it's real easy to go out you wash it off um if it's something that you want to keep for later you know i dry it up um and then i i crunch it you know so it's a rough crunch um like i have a mortar pedestal and i crunch it that way or, or whatever sometimes it'll just crunch in the containers um and and then you know if you want again these things so when you begin to dry your your herbs all of a sudden when you've got a dried herb you've got the potential for a tea or a coffee so like the another great thing with dandelion root um, is then there's also chicory so chicory is these it's a gangly tall plant but it gets these beautiful purple light light colored purple flowers. Um, and has another wonderful root, well, they're a dynamic duo for a, a coffee alternative. And so cleaning those up and then, you know, doing a low-dry, roasting them in the oven, you know, and grinding that up makes a, a wonderful coffee substitute. Um, so it's not only going to make you feel good, um, you know, it's it's another coffee thing and if you really need that coffee flavor you can always get um like a coffee essential oil you know and add a drop with some kind of an emulsifier or a fat because whenever we utilize essential oils they need you know some kind of a fat or an emulsifier to help especially if they're mixed in with the water to grab onto the water otherwise it'll be concentrated and you know not spread out so, um, yeah, those those kinds of plants are pretty readily available in the spring. Um, elderberry is a phenomenal one. It's been used for eons. Um, grows, tends to grow long. I don't yeah. know here. I mean, it grows kind of near sometimes railroad tracks, creeks or at the edges of creeks, but in sunny areas, and it's like a big bush. But, I mean, it's been used to fight infections and influenza and herpes and 
viral infections and bacterial infections. Um, you know, and it's it's one that's really it's safe for it pretty much everybody. Um, and you can make syrups out of it. You can make teas out of it. Um, you know, we we incorporate that as we have an elderberry tincture, but then we have it where we also combine it with um, pine pine needles, again, high in vitamin C, turkey tail mushroom, which is phenomenal for boosting the immune system. Um, so elderberry, I just, you know, and it's, it's one, um, you know, again, it's when, when you begin to see them at the end of summer, um, around July, you start seeing the flowers. And so the flowers, elderflowers makes a beautiful tea. It makes a great syrup in addition to, you know, the, the berries and some people utilize the bark, um, but I'm pretty sure with that, and I hope it's not an old wives' tale, but pretty sure that, you, that like the stems of the elderberry, you do not want to ingest those because I believe that they have a bit of toxicity um, involved. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so um, echinacea is one we talked about. And... Echinacea is probably one of the top-selling herbs of all time. And it's really beneficial for immune support and overall health. But it, it is best to, it's kind of one, like if you're already sick, it's not necessarily going to be as helpful. It's one of those where uh, you think you're, you know, if you're just trying to build immune system or you're going into a, a sick situation, that would be the time to, to take it. Um, and, you know, again, it's um, it has the ability to kind of reduce viruses and infections and um, tumors. It's anti-tumor. Um, it also um, stimulates, so it, it acts like a phyto, it's a phytocannabinoid, so it's not a cannabinoid like THC or CBD from cannabis, but it acts like a cannabinoid in that it activates CB2 receptors just like like CBD does. So it's wonderful for pain as well, um, and and you know decreasing inflammation. So with that. The flower is good, but the root has more, most of the medicinal properties. Um, and with that, um, echinacea is one where it's not all echinacea is the same. Like if you're just getting the flower tops, it's not going to be as potent of an herb or a mix or an extract. And if it's not at least a two-year-old root, again, it's not going to be as potent. It's not going to have those medicinal qualities that, you know, you read about in books or, you know, it, when when you're looking at it in regards to healing. Um, so that's an important one, you know, like with echinacea, you want to know that that's what you have in that product. Now, when uh, when do you harvest? I, my driveway is lined with echinacea. I've been here three years, and it's just, there's just tons and tons of it. And is it, uh, I mean, right now, if the foliage is out, is it too late to harvest? No, right now it would be okay it? as long as your ground's not frozen. It's not too difficult to get to. 
um, you know, now would be a fun because I always like I like those flowers to be able to go through. I want my pollinators to be able to do their thing, and then of course, um, you know, you can as the the flowers begin to look like they're gonna die, then you could go ahead and harvest the flowers. But then I like to let some go to seed, and because then you can obviously reseed and have more, um, and then mm-hmm. yeah, you can go ahead and. Especially, and and if you've watched them over the time, then you've kind of got an idea of which one is going to be, you know, a first-year plant versus an older plant. And so now would be a good time. And then, like I said, you don't take, don't, don't pull the whole root up, you know, leave some of that down in there and it will, you know, it'll do its thing and grow again. Yeah. Um, So... Um, so what do you do with that? Uh, what do you do with that root? You you rinse it off, wash it off, and then right. So again, um, with, with the root, yeah, dry. you'll you'll take it and wash it, and then you'll dry it, and then like I said, I I or I cut it, and then I'll dry it, um, and then you know from there it's great to make like a tincture. Um, and so if you want to do a traditional tincture, that's done with usually like an 80% alcohol, some kind of a vodka, um, and that's taking, you know, uh, and filling, you know, like two-thirds of the way with your, your root and then covering that with like the vodka and a, a traditional alcohol tincture, um, would be six to eight weeks, like in a mason jar, and you stick it in a cabinet, and you, you know you roll by every few days and give it a shake, and and then in that six to eight weeks you strain it out, and you've got you know an echinacea tincture. It, you can also utilize the, the like organic vegetable glycerin, like we utilize it from roots. I like that just because it's got a nice consistency and, and glycerin is really kind of great for our skin and it's got other, you know, healing properties as, as far as um, just working well within our bodies at a cellular level and it's got a nice sweet taste. So it's tastier in my opinion than the, you know, tinctures with vodka. Um, or you can do an infusion into like a carrier oil if you want. So, um, you know, depending on if it's oral, like I would maybe choose something, sometimes coconut oil, but coconut oil can be like no fun. Like, you know, falls here because your coconut oil finally got hard in the cabinet. Saw that meme today and it's totally true. (laughs) You know, just like, you know, once the end of spring is there because like my toothpaste turns into, you know, pretty mushy. (laughs) So, um, but, you know, so, and, and, you know, whether it's, so it'd be great for a topical, um, I don't know what's going on here. My computer's doing something crazy, sorry. Um, but you can uh, make a tea, you can make a topical, you can make a tincture. Um, and so, like, if you're doing an infusion with, like, an oil or a, um, a tincture like with the glycerin, you you know, it's, you can do up to a five to one where you'd have one, 
one part of your carrier oil to five parts of like your herb or so say your echinacea or whatever you're using um but that's a pretty weak mix um but it's one i'm sorry one part one part of your herb and five parts of your your um carrier oil um we a lot of times do a, a two to one or a one to one it just it kind of depends on on what herbs we're using but you know for for echinacea if you're going to use like one cup of of root um you know you use at least two cups one to two cups of depending on the strength that you want um or more you know like i said up to five but really three three or lower is best um and then you would uh heat that on low like in a crock pot uh overnight and then you kind of cool it and you you strain it and you've got a tincture wow yeah is there um for 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 the average uh the average you know joe that wants to figure out how to do this stuff which is what i am i i'm very very interested and i think i'm finally going to you know hunker down and figure some of this stuff out where do you recommend uh, is there a particular book that you recommend that people get or you mentioned oh. the, uh, the the one thing about identifying uh, plants i forgot was the not the Humane Society. I can't remember what you mentioned, but what are some of the resources? I put so you there's, um, for anybody there's one the audio, like called uh, um, Rodales, R-O-D-A-L-E-S, it's apostrophe S, um, Illustrated Encyclopedia of Herbs. And that's a nice little starter book, um, and it, you know, I mean, it's got some, it's got some pictures, not not as many as I would like, but it's it's a nice one. Um, there's one called Rodale's Organic Life is is the one I just pulled up is that Rodale's Organic Life is that Um, uh, sound familiar I'm not sure he's probably got several I'm one of them that's just one I have is the that's one of the first ones I had gotten years ago was or not one of the first ones but somebody had given me was that illustrated so some kind of an encyclopedia um you know, I've got Sorry? the Encyclopedia of Herbs and Herbalism. That's a pretty good one. Um, there's um, the Complete Book of Herbs and Spices. So, I mean, there, there's literally tons, and I buy mine used off of the Internet. So, like, a books and heck a couple other places but when you type like the book name into google it'll bring up like abe and and ebay and all these different places and show you whatever the best price is and so yeah, i'm able i just, uh, I'm, I'm I just cheap, found so. uh, I, well i found rodale's on uh on amazon it's uh it's 15.99 hardcover and um I also put your link to your Made From Roots website oh. in the chat. So for mm-hmm. any, anybody listening to this recording later, you can check the 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 tr- not the transcript but the chat 
thing on the side. There's a thing you can ch check on, and you'll see the chat where I'm posting links and some of those. There's another dialogue going on there, and uh, so I'm, I'm going to post the this link in there as well. Is it one of is is the it's the complete German commission. Um, it's a book, and it's the therapeutic guide to herbal medicines. Um, and so, like, they are the ones who really set the standards on herbs and kind of what they, you know, just the they're they're kind of like the ultimate resource on herbs and herbalism. And um, certainly, you know, website-wise, there's. Um, wellness mama on online and um she is a really great kind of starter website where you you know again you can kind of learn to make different topicals or understand how to use herbs like if if you're somebody who's not as into books i love books because no matter what they're they're going to be there always um you know or I plan on having them always, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, there's just, there's so many, but I, you know, I look for some kind of an encyclopedia that has quite a few. Um, I, you know, I think pictures are always a good idea, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm still really searching for a, a totally kick-ass one with super cool pictures and, you know, I just I'm still I'm still kind of searching, but I don't mind collecting more books. So, <laughs> um, and then Thank there's you. like Thank some you. little handbooks. They're not going to have pictures, but some of the first ones I had, and and these books are old. So there's one called the Green Pharmacy Herbal Handbook. It's a little paperback, and it's freaking phenomenal. It talks about therapeutic you know, uses, it gives you medicinal properties, it gives you dosing, it gives you safety ratings, um, it, you know, it just, it's a really great book, and then another little paperback one like that is called The Herb Book, and The Complete Guide, uh, an authoritative guide to more than 500 herbs, and so these were books that I definitely started out with. And they're nothing fancy. Like I said, they're little paperback books, but they're packed with a ton of information. Yeah, that's uh, that that book for five hundred herbs. It's uh, it, you can get it used for, for yep. three three dollars on on online. So yeah. yeah, those are great. I mean, you got, I have to start somewhere. I have no. I mean, I've been thinking well, about this and, and for way too long. Well, and mine came from, like, one of my friends gave me one, Mark Smith, the blues pilot, awesome guy. And then, like, my friend's dad goes to Goodwill and thrift shops like I do all the time, and, you know, he, he brought me one of them. And I was like, well, hell yeah. Uh, but those were, you know, years ago, and, and they're they're great, and, and they're easy to put. You know, I always carry a backpack with my different ID books and all my shit, my shovels, my knives, my whatever, you know, what I take <laughs> and, um, uh, you must look like you're ready to check through the Andes. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I travel pretty light. No. But, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty heavy on the, 
grocery bags. Um, but anyway, yeah. so on the way back, you must be a little loaded. Load, must be loaded right up. Um, you know, another, oh, another real I... easy one is garlic. Like anybody can grow garlic. Uh, you can grow it in your window seal. It, you know, it's it's one of the most phenomenal antiviral herbs out there. Um, it's been used to treat eye infections and ear infections and kills microorganisms and, you know, um, can go after herpes and thrush and TB and pneumonia. Um, you know, so garlic. Garlic's great for the immune system. Um, it's a great detoxifier. Uh, just like onions, you know, if somebody wants a real simple kind of home remedy, take an onion and cut it and rub it over your skin as a detox. I mean, you're going to smell like shit, but, you know, it's effective. <laughs> Doesn't matter which kind of onion uh, you use. Uh, no, red or, have a or yellow. Yeah. Yeah. And how about garlic? I've seen black garlic. Are those uh, just as good as the others? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, gar- black garlic's great. It's just not, it's, you know, that's something that you'd have to order special and and grow it. It's it's not something that's typically, depends on where you live where for it to be, you know, readily available. But, you know, you can do, so when you begin to incorporate Manuka honey specifically, but even a local raw honey, and you infuse things into your honey, so whether that be like cannabis or, you know, garlic. Garlic and honey is just a wham-bam dynamic duo, and I'll I'll throw lemon lemon peel, lemon juice up in there too. <laughs> you can throw, like, Ceylon cinnamon and... Heck, some nutmeg. I mean, and and all of a sudden mix all that together, and you've got a really great cold and flu medicine or something to put into a tea. Um, it makes a great topical. So, uh, you know, and those are really easy everyday things that people have around the house. Um, infusing like garlic. If you get earaches, take garlic and infuse that into some like uh, organic you know olive oil and you slightly warm that strain it put a drop or two in the ear warm rub a little bit behind the the ear and guaranteed pretty much within about five ten minutes that pain's going to be gone um we've made we've made garlic and turmeric uh Vaginal suppositories to go after, <laughs> you know, some infections and cancers and, and like HPV and things of that yeah. nature. So, um, uh, I had no idea you did all that stuff. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. I can think about shoving something somewhere. It's probably, you know, we've somebody's thought about it. So, there's yeah. <laughs> yep. Sometimes suppositories. You, you gotta gotta take Well, like for seasickness, you know, they 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 have suppositories for people that are going out, you know, on the ocean, and you know that says a lot because if you can take a suppository 
and, and absorb that into your system. Just think of how important it is to keep your colon clean. <laughs> well, and that's the whole thing with suppositories is absorption, especially with cannabis oil. We've had this debate forever. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other show, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm tra- ginger. Uh, ginger's another one that's readily available. I've got turmeric and ginger growing in a big barrel that, you know, I started it on paper plates, just let it hang out, and it hung out for a couple months on these paper plates, and I just walked by and spritzed them and kept them in a sunny window, and eventually they, you know, sprouted, and you just kind of lay them along the top of the dirt. And, you know, so ginger's another uh, great anti-inflammatory. It boosts the immune system. Um, It helps break down toxins in your organs. It helps clean the lymphatic system. Um, It helps, you know, fight fungal and bacterial infections. It's just phenomenal. And so, like, I love making apple ginger uh, pear or pear, pear ginger carrot juices or smoothies. Um, you know, I oh, I love putting ginger in my water, making you know, adding it to a tea. Um, and again, that's something you know you can break off part of the root and then leave the part that's you know still got a little nodule that's growing. Stick that dude back in the dirt. And, you know, you can break off what you need as you go, and you just clean it up. And, you know, then again, you can just slice it and use it fresh. You can score it like you would garlic. You can put it in a tea. It makes a phenomenal topical. It's, um, Yeah, I mean, so ginger. So, so you said you put it in the dirt and you spritz it, and it'll eventually just start rooting? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. If it's a, if it's an organic ginger root from the you know you got from the store somewhere you bet yep and and the way you can kind of tell is you look for little nodules little bumps raised on them usually at the store they're not going to have those unless they've been there for a while um, but yeah I mean they they uh-huh. sat I mean they spent several months just chilling on this paper plate these couple paper plates you know and I had these roots and then just started planting them. And, wow. Yeah. So you know, there's there's so 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 many yeah plants like that that you can, you know, just begin to regrow. And like I said, it's really nice. It's you know just keeps on giving if you don't take the whole root. Um, you know, there's a, there's always going to be more. And, and turmeric, turmeric is another one. It's it's another rhizome, um, and it's it's one of those that. Um, is phenomenal it, it you know if, if you're on blood thinners turmeric and ginger not so great they tend to have blood thinning qualities and, and when people say blood thinning it's not that it actually thins your blood it makes it less viscous and what that means is it makes it, it less sticky right so um and and so anyway that you could have some real bleeding issues if you utilize those things. Um, now, turmeric is one where um, it's not very 
bioavailable, right? So what most people are looking for, one of the, the main components is the curcumin. Um, and there are curcumin extracts, but I'm not a fan of singular extracts. I think full plant is the way to go. You know, for the most part, God put it there. I'm going to use that that full root versus trying to extract something from it. Um, and so because it's not very bioavailability, bioavailability, bioavailable, sorry, <laughs> I couldn't get that out. Um, you have to then um, utilize a fat and a pepper. So when you utilize um, like a fat with turmeric, it increases the bioavail bioavailability um, by like a thousand percent, um, and and so that that the pepertine, <clears throat> which is um, pepertine and black pepper, are also um, high in um, B carefuling, which is a terpene that again um, activates the CB2 receptor. Um, so, but the 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 pepertine. Um, when you add it to the turmeric, it increases that bioavailability by like a thousand. And so then we also need a fat. And so when you uh, add a fat to it, um, that increases again the bioavailability like now by like another four thousand percent. It's something ridiculously high. Um, and so, the best way then to do that with turmeric is to infuse it into some kind of a fat. So like olive oil, if you're trying, if you're kind of doing something to target more of the lymphatic or blood system, um, olive oil does a nice job of that. If you're looking at doing kind of lower the liver, pancreas, colon below, then you might look at a carrier like coconut oil because coconut oil has an affinity for the liver, so um, you know that you you would kind of choose how you would do that, um, and so there's turmeric you can utilize in cooking, you can utilize it in topicals. It's going to turn you about nine shades of jaundice, though. Um, that that <laughs> orange pigment it has in it, it 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 makes you look like you've taken an iodine bath. Um, but, like, we have, there's golden paste that people utilize, so that's, like, turmeric, uh, a little bit of water to, uh, when you're cooking herbs, like, so when you first, before you're going to tincture an herb or make it topical or, or whatever out of it, you're going to steep it, like, with some water, so that's, you just barely dampen it with distilled water um, that's, that's uh, boiled, and then you allow that to steep, and that opens the herbs up, and and, um, you know, makes them more bioavailable to, you know, infuse. And then you go ahead and add whatever you're going to infuse it into. Um, and so, you know, turmeric is um, so fat-soluble, so without fat it won't, it won't dissolve properly. Um, so you can make like a golden paste. Um, I have my spin on golden paste, which is golden tincture um, with heat. And so 
I've taken turmeric, ginger, celion cinnamon, and cayenne pepper with black pepper and then olive oil. Um, but, you know, I've tinctured that and then add in the olive oil at the end. And it's it's spicy as hell, but it's really great for pain. And, um, of course, if you take it internally, it can help kind of balance your stomach out or help with circulation. It can help certainly decrease inflammation, and, and that's a really inexpensive one. Um, or you take, you know, kind of a spoon of that and mix it in with some coconut milk, and you've got a phenomenal, really warm, you know, golden milk. Um, so there's though that's another easy one. You know, most people are able to go to the store and buy turmeric. Um, you know, you don't want to go buy whatever's cheap on the shelf. You really do kind of want to look for the herb or go to an herbal store um, or, you know, have a place online where you you can go and buy uh, an organic product that's that's not been... Yeah, do, do you buy, like, uh, the, like the turmeric... I've seen the root for sale at the store uh, locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, I pick up the powder, uh, an organic uh, powder. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think the I, I don't think you can get the root. Uh, I mean, this is the first time in my life I've ever seen turmeric root in the in the uh, grocery section. Right, never, and it's, you know it's it's more <laughs> prominent now. Like I had a friend. I had a friend who owned an open-air market, like Chinese market, and at first I was getting my ginger and turmeric shipped to me from them, um, and then I, I had an organic powder source also, but and then now I've, I'm able to grow it. So, yeah, that's a, Does that grow uh, much like the, um, the ginger? Yeah. Uh-huh. They're in the same family. American ginger are in the same family. Okay. Hey, uh, there's uh, somebody who's got a question who's got their hand up, and, and I'll get to you in a second. Before that, there's um, Robert was asking, and I, I was messing with him because I thought it was Bob. So, I mean, this is a different Robert, and uh, I know this particular oh, guy, and I know he's not messing with me. Yeah, yes. I thought it was Bob for somebody else that I know that likes to say stuff like that. <laughs> so if you could address that, and then I'll unmute the uh, the other the other. So car. the uh, the golden the the golden paste I was just talking about um, is great uh, to treat hemorrhoids. Um, that you know would be an anti-inflammatory action, um, and so you would just mix up like some golden paste. And even though it sounds like the uh, you could skip the cayenne, but even though it sounds like um, it wouldn't be a good thing, it's it's pretty amazing how it it does work. But anyway, so you could take like the uh, make the golden paste with turmeric and even some ginger, so if you have the powdered even, um, and mix that 
cover that with some water to make kind of a little bit of a paste, you know, hot water to, to open them up. So maybe a tablespoon of each to start of the dry powder. And then, I don't know, you're probably going to need an eighth to a quarter of a cup of um, hot water, distilled water preferably, and, you know, open that up and, and pour it on and steep them. And then, you know, add about an eighth of a teaspoon of uh, black pepper and then, I don't know, a couple of tables, you know, a tablespoon or so of organic olive oil. Um, or certainly you can utilize coconut oil because at this point you're going, coconut oil is going to make it, uh, if you, especially if you keep it somewhere cool, and I would suggest anything that you're going to put on your bum, um, I would put it in the fridge to cool it, you know, because that's just additional kind of soothing um, action. And coconut oil is going to solidify more um, in, in cooler temps. So, again, um, that's going to make it easier. If you want to put it into a capsule um, to do a rectal suppository, you can. So you get, like, some veggie caps. They sell them online. You can get them at, you know, most health food stores and get you a veggie cap, and you could do a rectal suppository, um, and you're going to go to about the kind of the first knuckle to get it up in there to make sure it kind of makes it past the sphincter muscles so it doesn't, you know, get launched back out. Um, and then you can also take and um, apply some to the outer area around um, your anus, and, I, you know, I, I would say that, you know, that's that's going to help a great deal. Um, or you can certainly take What's, like a um, syringe, put some in it, and do a rectal, you know, where you'd insert with some a syringe. The, uh, I've heard that hemorrhoids are caused from sitting on cold surfaces. Is that true or is... Oh, hemorrhoids are what are the causes? Usually hemorrhoids are caused because of straining. People just pushing way too hard. Um, so maybe you went and, you know, munched out on too much cheese and your bowels aren't having it and you've either got clay poop or the really rock-hard poop. And, and then instead of recognizing, oh, I need to go eat some prunes or I need to ingest some peppermint tea or something like that or some slippery elm bark, you know, uh, or some castor oil, which would make your your poop smooth. Castor oil, right? It like greases everything up on the inside. So it's it's kind of like trying to have sex without any lubrication. It's just you know you're like pushing and struggling, and but nothing really good is happening, and somebody's getting hurt, right? So proper um, body habits are really important. Sorry, I did, had to have some fun with it, but proper no, so, so like the the squatty potty. So do cold important. Huh? What about the cold surfaces? Is that is that? I, all, no, is I that, just I, I'm not. True? I I guess if you were on ice cold surfaces or whatever, but I, you know that I it's it's typically from straining. Most people don't have. Most people who have hemorrhoids right. aren't sitting on their ass on cold surfaces. But what they are doing is eating foods that aren't very good mm, for them and then trying to go poop <laughs> in instead of going, okay, i got to suck this up, this isn't coming out right now, and going to do something like some Senna tea or something to, 
you know, loosen it up, they push, and so then they end up tearing, um, you know, they end up, sometimes you can get the, the internal or the external hemorrhoids. And then if they get cut mm-hmm. or they get cut open, then we run the risk of certainly infection. And um, DMSO is another, um, you know, you want to clean your area as much as you can, but DMSO is a powerful, it's, it, it, it's good for um, hemorrhoids. Um, yeah, I imagine it is. And, yeah, especially with uh, with that mixture that you, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and and so, um, you know, you want you want things that, um, and then obviously, if if you're having, you want to think about, you know, if you're being constipated, you want to deal with that. Or if you're the other end where you've got very loose stools, we you know we also want to work with that. But and proper potty habits. So like as a kid growing up, because my brothers are 11 and 15 years younger than me, uh, we always had stools in the bathroom, right? Because little dudes got to get up on the stool to go potty, and so we always had stools. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I moved out, I always you know, I always had a stool. So I you know having your feet. Your, your feet up about six, eight inches off the floor where you're sitting more straight up, but you've got that bend, it, it allows for the poo to have a more natural flow out through your colon. Yeah, lean lean um, forward and squat. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, you know, just yes. pull on. we talked about this the other night, you know, grab your bathroom trash can and you know, or laundry basket or whatever's in there and, you know, practice yeah. body habits. It's, um, it, it's, it makes a huge difference. I, when I was, uh, when I landed in India, I was, uh, I really had to go. And the first, like, ten stalls were all taken up. And so the last door was unlocked, and I was so grateful. <laughs> and I, went, I walked in there, and that's all it was, was a hole in the floor with, you know, skid pads so your feet didn't slide out from under you. And and uh, they've got really good habits. And when I walked out of there, being a white guy, I had a pretty good-sized beard, so it might have looked like I might might have belonged but yeah they do i when i walked out there was a gentleman walking by and he looked at me and just smiled like you know good to see a white guy in in that bathroom (laughs) and and that's you know and as i was leaving i saw the other bathrooms were actually regular toilets and i think that one was one for squatting (laughs) and uh it was the first time i'd ever squatted to to poo and um it really wasn't that bad yeah, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a big deal. It, you know, if it's properly set up like that, and, and having a stool in your bathroom that you can put your feet up on is definitely right. a good idea. Yeah, yeah. There's well, a there's the a caller four oh four. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I said, and if you're in the woods, there's a log. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, um, you know, some other things, sits baths, especially, like, after you've gone to the, the, the bathroom, taking a sit a sits bath um, can help 
Um, so, you know, let's put what is that? salt or apple cider vinegar in your bath and where you're just kind of squatting and letting your your bum chill, you know, in the water. Um, you can okay. – witch hazel is another good one to, to use to kind of clean um, – clean the area and it also has witch hazel it's an estrogen um there's oh witch hazel yeah and so it's got antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties and so um you know dabbing some some witch hazel onto a cotton ball and uh you know wiping the area is not a bad idea again if you have you you can kind of squirt some in rectally also but you got to have a way to make sure that you're laying there so it's going to stay in there and not come back out at you because if you're not prepared (laughs) it's going to come shooting back out um coconut oil is another you know good one again a good carrier that you know to mix things in aloe vera is real soothing um and you know so correcting bathroom habits. Psyllium husk is is something else that's um, helpful. Uh, tea tree oil can be real helpful as well in, in helping those areas. Frankincense. So there's a number of things where you, you could kind of come up with your own concoction. You could infuse some turmeric and ginger and frankincense, you know, into some coconut oil. Um, really kind of whatever you want and, and, and create, create something. And, and, and if you've had, Mm -hmm. you know, you think that you're kind of cut up there, I'd incorporate like some colloidal silver or something. Make sure that you're going out. Yeah. Yeah. The coconut oil will help with that too. Yes, absolutely. It will. Absolutely. It will. Yeah. Um, Disinfect that. Right. There's a uh, there's a caller who's uh, who who I unmuted. I, if you uh, sir, ma'am, uh, if you've got a question, you really uh, just jump in and, and say hi. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is Chris. Um, great show tonight, hey, guys. These are all great great topics. Um, you know, a lot of people can benefit from this knowledge. Thank you. Um, so my question, yeah, I have some. Uh, go ahead, Gus. No, no, I didn't. I just, I was curious what your question was. Thank you. Oh, yeah. So I have, um, um, thanks for having the show. Uh, I have hemp oil. Uh, It's actually Charlotte's Web. I keep it in the refrigerator. And I was wondering if I would damage any, see, I, I was thinking about using it in baking. And I was wondering if you had any input on that, using, you know, that kind of stuff in, in baking, if it would, uh, you know, take away its its good properties. So, I think that's some real expensive stuff to put into baking. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, the because hemp the designer <laughs> hemp oils are are pretty expensive. Um, now, what you would have to do is, and I think it's like three forty six. Um, and I'm going to have to cheat, but I think it's 346 
because 240 is what THC decarboxylates at and CBD decarboxylates at a higher temperature. So what you have is not CBDA, it's decarboxylated, so it would be CBD. So you would want to make sure that whatever, if you did add it to something, that you did a real slow and low um, cook, so you would lower your temperature and extend your cook time so you don't burn your cannabinoids up. Um, and then, I, I, you know, I, I, I suppose you could. I just think that would be some expensive edibles. Um, yeah. Now, what is it? You're, what is it you're, you're trying to do? Hey, Chris, what is what is it you're trying to do? Well, I mean, I, I make cannabis butter, and I use that in baking, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. The, the the hemp oil in the baking was more to use as a disguise. To, to help somebody that doesn't like the flavor of it or doesn't want to I would mix it in there. with honey or I would mix it into a tea. Um, you know, like I'd, I'd make some green tea and, and mix some of your, you know, a dose or whatever you're using in with some nice uh, organic honey and, and yeah. have them do it that way. Or you can skip the tea and just do the honey. But um, Great idea. You know, that's that's what I would do is, is because I, when you start heating stuff up after it's already gone through a process, um, you know, you can kind of mess with some things. And, and just, I hate to see you mess up your your hemp oil. Well, as a, uh, just as an example of how, how many different varieties of things that you can do, you know, if you've got a person that, you know, that, that you're helping with this, who's got one particular thing going on, which might be who knows what. You know, it could be cancer. It could be a thyroid issue. It could be, so depending on what else, you know, what the actual reason is, there might be a better way to disguise it, which will be even more helpful. So if you want to get into that, you know, please feel free to you know, exp- expound a little bit on what you're trying to do and who you, you know, the, the, the issue you're trying to deal with. Well, it's uh, it's a it's a damaged immune system, really, and and I believe it is the result of vaccination. Um, it's a food protein intolerance that's going on. So there, there's gut flora and uh, GI tract issues abound. Okay, so you're using your hemp seed oil as kind of an anti-inflammatory and as kind of a modulator to, and and maybe to help with some some pain and whatnot. Um, yeah, a, a general uh, maintenance kind of thing. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I you know I would just mix it in. I'd mix it in that way, or if you wanted, I mean, there's pretty easy gummies that you can make, and the vegan gummies tend to be, and I know I've got re- uh, recipes, but the vegan gummies are, you know, tend to be a lot healthier, you know, used with like a, a juice or a puree from fruit, and um, um, you could then, you know, squirt it in there, because certainly, again, with like edibles and things like that, edibles are great, and and they're you know, an, another, an alternative way to dose, but they're really hard to dose. 
like, yeah. you know, if your oven's got its lean on and, I don't know, the butter it mixed in good enough, you know, you might have one that's just absolutely going to kick your ass to the moon. And then another one, you'd be like, is there anything in there? Um, you know. But, and the other thing that you might do is look into getting organic vegetable glycerin. Um, because, um, you know, that's kind of got a sweet flavor, so, you know, it's just a way to tincture it. And I don't know with the proteins, I guess, is is there any issue with honey or any of the compounds within no. honey that you have? Honey's great. In fact, I got a uh, a guy who uh, makes his own. He's got his bees in the backyard. Beautiful. He's like a couple of towns over, and I buy you know big quart jars of it from him, and it's yeah. great. Yeah, that's that's what I would utilize it. And you know, again, it can still even even mixed in with honey, it can still still double as a topical. Honey's you know wonderful mm-hmm. for wound healing. You know, you mentioned witch hazel a few minutes ago. I like to use uh, essential oils, and I'll make uh, a bug repellent, uh, anti-fungal sprays, uh, and a lot of that. Um, Yeah, I love essential oils. You can do so much with them. Um, But you know, some some of those recipes call for witch hazel, so I have it. I have that on hand. Oh, absolutely. well, and, and again, just, you know, utilizing various carrier oils, especially with your essential oils, because it's really important. I know there's a lot of people who apply them neat, which means no carrier, but, you know, if somebody messes around and does that with oregano or lemongrass or whatever, I mean, I learned yeah. that the hard way with lemongrass, didn't have my glasses on and thought I'd, you know, diluted my essential oil and went and wiped it, you know, on my nose. I was getting ready to go to bed, so I always rub some on my nose. And then I went to go and rub it down, like, my neck because I thought I had a lotion. And then all of a sudden my face was on fire. And by the time I got my neck washed off, um, I had second-degree burns going, three-finger stripes going wow. down across about four or five inches long. Um, you know, yeah, just, I, I was trying I, to get I have, off my uh, face. I have oil of oregano. It's very strong stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I use uh, um, olive oil as a carrier as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, and so, yeah, you know, understanding, so olive oil and and, and coconut oil tend to, to be what we use the most of, but then there's, you know, if we're looking for skin stuff, then the, oh, uh, oh I can't, uh, ohaba, what, I don't know, I always say it wrong, the J-O-J-O-B-A oil, I can't oh, yeah. remember if Silent. Peppermint oil is great. It's good for bug re- uh, repellent, uh, pest control. It's also great for acne and mouthwash. Mm-hmm. Put it in your bath. It, it cleans your skin. Um, peppermint oil is fantastic stuff. Oh, it is. It's it's great. Um, we use that. I use that in a lot of the the stuff that I'll you know make for my husband because he gets a little rubbed down every night. Except for show nights, he probably hates show night because. He gets zero rub down, <laughs> but um, you know, taking one for the team. Um, so, hey Dana, yeah. I think the one you were looking for was jojoba. Jojoba, yeah. I was like jojoba. I was wanting to say jojoba, and I'm like, dang it, I can't, I can't think of how to pronounce it. 
<laughs> just I'll mangle some, some. But the, you know that's a great one for. Uh, it's the, it's the closest oil that there is to mimic uh, the natural oil secretions of human skin. So it makes a really excellent moisturizer. You know, especially like for the face and the neck. Um, and so that's, you know, that's a really nice one. It's also a natural antifungal. So when it's combined with, like, essential oils that have antifungal properties, you know, you're just bam, you know, you've got a double whammy. Um, and so there's, you know, a number, and it's, it helps. I put that, like, in my sunscreen. It's one of the oils that I use in my homemade sunscreen. Um, so, yeah, there's a number of different, you know, I can easily name off probably 20, 25 various carrier oils. Um, and then, of course, then there's creams. Like um, sometimes you don't want necessarily the oil and you want more of a cream. And so, like, I like using a goat's milk-based cream. Uh, I just want to mention one other topic, and then I'm going to mute out. I, I think a, a great topic, you know, perhaps in the future would be how to or to focus on uh, alkaline and, and oxidizing the cells in the body, which, which prevents the disease from taking hold. Um, you know, I, I think it's important to, to be conscious of alkaline in your body, and, and, and baking soda is another option. I've, I've used the MMS, Gus. Uh, I mean, all these things, uh, diatomaceous earth, uh, you know, I'll do that to clean out parasites. But... Um, Keeping an alkaline body will keep you uh, free from disease. To a degree. Dana, you mentioned something about that before. Yeah. Would you address right. that? Right. So eating alkaline in that you're paying attention to the foods that you're eating, and so foods that have lots of color, so you're eating you know, a rainbow of foods, that also means typically that they're also high in antioxidant, um, and then they have another... Uh, other, you know, very healing properties. But when you look at alkalinity and acidity within the body as a whole, that is a very, very incredibly tightly regulated system. And so it's one which we really can't influence very much. And in the, in the event that you are able to influence your internal pH, even just by a couple of points, it could cause alkalosis which means you're, you, you know, you need more acid and it can be very dangerous or it, you can have acidosis, which is being too acidic, right? So um, it's one of those systems within the body that's pretty tightly regulated and if you screw with it too much, you're going to not be very healthy. Now, at the cellular level, taking things like the, the baking soda or doing like the blackstrap molasses and baking soda protocols and things like that, um, that allows, so like at a cellular level, so if it, it goes in and passes through or like with the baking soda and molasses, you have that sugar, the cancer, you know, that's drawn to that. And um, so you kind of have the Trojan horse, and it has a food source, but then, yes, the baking soda kind of comes in and says, bam, 
and slaps the piss out of the cancer cell. But I think people have to be very, very careful in how they talk about that um, because generally speaking, yeah, your urine and your saliva, you can impact it for periods of time, but your internal pH is not what's being affected. That's great info. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I ran around for a number of years saying, cancer cannot survive in an alkaline body and da 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 da, da. you know, and people are like, look, my alkaline, you know, I, I finally had enough, you know, this one lady and it just stuck out to me one day and she was like, I'm absolutely going to fucking scream and it's like stab somebody's eyes out. If I hear this again, she's like, I'm doing everything I can to fight my cancer. I sit in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. I'm doing, you know, she's doing all of these all of these kinds of alkal, you know, things to align her body with alkalinity. And, and, and so uh, then I was like, you know, this was something I was taught. Let me go research this. And then as I began to actually look it up and research instead of just parroting information that somebody had told me, I was like, oh, my God, like, uh, oh, shit, okay, <laughs> um, I need to stop saying this, or at least in my mind. Now, I'm not telling if that's, you know, your belief that that's okay, but as I began to read and research and understand, um, you know, biologically and at a, a chemical level, we just, we, we can't, and if we could do you, jack with it, imagine, we're in trouble. Could you, imagine, could you imagine, like, killing your stomach acid off? Just, like, not having any stomach acid? Right. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I did the same thing as you. I, I, I advocated for that. As a matter of fact, I had a friend who bought a Kangen water system and swore yep. by it and all kinds of – you know, I w- went through that with, uh, you know, uh, far infrared technology filters and ionized water and things like that. And, you know, certain things are fine. Mineralizing water is one thing. You know, far, far infra- using far infrared is another another thing, you know, as far as, like, reverse osmosis thought process and, and stuff like that. But, you know, out this alkalinity thing is ridiculous. It, it truly is. I mean, unless you're yeah. eating processed foods and acidic foods and, you know, uh, it, it really doesn't matter. It, it, bottom line is we have to clean our diet up with natural right. raw plants that are alkaline. Yeah. I mean, basically, that's what they are. Most, most, you know, most stuff is neutral most or, you know. Right. Yeah. And you want to try yeah. to do 80-20. So yeah. 80% 80/20. alkaline, yeah. 20% acidic when Absolutely. you're fighting disease. Makes sense, doesn't it? Because when we're sick, we're creating a, a, a more acidic environment anyway. Right. A lot of our sickness comes from stress and lactic acid overloads and all kinds of shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's one of those, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg thing? You know, did you get cancer first or were you acidic first? <laughs> right. Well, and, and again, what turns the body, because there's plenty of people who were vegan and whatever, and I don't mean like a junk food vegan because there are junk food vegans. Oh, sure. Um, but, you know, people who, yeah, I was running marathons and eating good and doing my yoga and great body weight and and but you know they still got sick um you know and and who knows then you know it's maybe not a necessarily acidic as environmental or mental or you know some kind of trauma like that and when i look at vegan products we get cancer 
when I look at vegan products in the store and the ingredients, it just turns me off. There's so many chemicals and crap yep. in there. Yeah. Same with gluten-free. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're, this is this is what happened when people started going with sugar-free and go, and turned right to aspartame. And, uh, well, but when people went to when, when the whole yeah. sugar-free thing happened with like, I mean, I'm talking way back in the '80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff, when we uh, we had saccharin and we had all this shit, and you know, the, it was absolutely insane that to me that people used that shit because I couldn't. I mean, I remember the first time I ever tried. I, I still can't. I cannot use any of these neurotoxins. Because my body, my taste buds, literally, I cannot believe people can't taste that chemical aftertaste. Like, I cannot believe people don't taste that. And diet soda and all, it's the hor- most horrible thing ever. I don't get it. Never, never made sense to me. All chemicals, all chemicals. <laughs> no sugar, though. <laughs> Yeah, I think. Well, I, I mean, look at what they do in margarine. You know, butter's no good for you. Eat margarine instead. Are you kidding me? Oh, hydrogenated fat. Yeah, bugs won't even yeah, eat that stuff. I think. I think one of the big uh, things that that fooled a lot of people was the no fat, no cholesterol diet they were pushing in the late seventies, and a lot of people bought onto that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and and we need fat, and and you need a certain amount of you know carbohydrates, that like like twenty grams or you know at least, uh, you know to 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 make your body function and give you energy. And you know we we go on these diets don't work, you know, and that's I'll go to my grave preaching diets don't work. Healthy lifestyle changes do. Taking baby steps does help. You know we're, we're we've talked about a number of herbs tonight, but you know, folks just keep lemon and apple cider vinegar and garlic and honey on hand. If you've got a sore throat, you've got lung issues, you've you've got a cold coming on, you need an immune boost, bam, you've got it, you know, right there. And just infuse that all together in a bottle and, and you've got your own cough syrup, Um uh, you know, you can get some eucalyptus and mentholatum and peppermint oil and add that to some coconut oil, and all of a sudden you've got your own kick-ass Vicks rub that doesn't have petroleum products in it. You know, that's healthy. Um, you know, when so you use the garlic. When you use the garlic in that, you just put a whole clove in there and just let it sit in there. Yeah, I take and smash the garlic, so we want to activate it, right? So once you peel the garlic, um, then I'll score it, which means you just cut little lines in it with a knife. And then I take and flip my knife over on the side, and I push down and flatten the garlic, right? So that's when you cook with it as well. That's the way you begin to activate the garlic. If you just throw the garlic in there, it it, it doesn't, you know, break down as good. So, yeah, you just um, and then squish it and throw it in there, a um, couple cloves. And, um, yeah, and then take and zest, you know, an organic lemon, clean it up. Uh, you can zest with the Ooh, wow. Hey, Jeff. Jeff, you need to mute out. Yeah, 
I I had to mute him out. I don't think he can hear us. Um, you know, uh, you know, if once if just one one once a month, you know, you add another herb. So you know, or once a week when you go shopping, one week you spend a couple bucks and you get some ginger. You know, get a quality ginger powder. It might you know be a little bit more to get an organic spice, but it's not like you're going to be using massive amounts of it. You know, turmeric, having these things on hand, all of a sudden, you know, you've, you've and, and a good oil. So when you're looking at oils, it's always very, very important to get like a first-run cold press. You, you want your, your oils to be cold press, first-run, um, and um, you, you don't, you want them unrefined. Um, because that means they haven't gone through the heating process and gotten all broken down and have the good stuff taken out of them. So you always want to make sure that that's what you're utilizing. Organic, yes, you want it to be organic, but recognize they have organic SpaghettiOs out. So just because something says it's organic doesn't mean it's good for you. (laughs) I'd like to to interject something as I was trying to Uh, before. Um, I was saying... Your your microphone was going nuts, Jeff. Okay. I don't know if you you realize that your microphone. We did. Um, We we were both trying to tell you, and you couldn't hear us. No, I heard you. Oh, okay. Okay, so. There's uh, like a scratchy sound. Go ahead. Is it still doing that? No. There's a little scratching now and then when you talk, but uh, it was going nuts a minute ago. Go ahead. Just. Don't worry about it. Yeah, um, I was just going to say, on you can go to YouTube and you can put in a uh, into the search area. There's actually some very good videos on making the honey and garlic uh, mixture, and it's actually a ferment. Is really what it is. Wouldn't you say, Dana? Yes. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of why it it's so good is because it's an actual fermentation. But that was all I was going to say. Go back to it. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. It's a fermentation process. Um, you know, I also do things with like, so vinegars, um, adding pine needles, you know, most folks have pine trees and hopefully again, you want to make sure that when you're harvesting stuff, you're not harvesting from waterways or runoffs. You don't want to harvest shit from the side of roads. And certainly you want to make sure that wherever you're harvesting, they aren't spraying anything, right? So I live out in the middle of thousands of acres, so I'm, I've got a bit of a luxury. Um, you know, I walk up the yard and I go pick pine needles. Super high in vitamin C, phenomenal for your eyes, phenomenal for the body. So, you know, infusing... Uh, you know, even cutting some pine needles up and, again, infusing that into your honey... Um, along with the other stuff. Again, you're just adding more benefits. Um, dual extractions we were talking about. So mushrooms, our, our mushrooms, we have a few um, that um, we, we want. So things like chaga and mataki and shiitake and reishi <clears throat> are all that have chemical compounds that are derived by hot water and then 
they have chemical compounds which are derived from alcohol. And so when we're dealing with our mushrooms, um, specifically those guys, um, you would first do a hot water bath where you cover it with your distilled water and you cook it down to about half. And then you strain that water out and you set it aside, right? And then you um, would then take your alcohol and you would cover the mushrooms again and you would heat that and cook it down to about half. And then you can go ahead and transfer all of that then into whatever you're going to infuse it into the tincture. So for me, that would then be the... the um, glycerin. And then as that heats overnight, the alcohol and the, the water evaporate off and you're left with the healing components of your mushrooms. Um, now chaga itself is actually one that's done the old school way, tincturing it in the alcohol. You you do chaga, Gus. Yes, I sure do. I got a crock pot full of it right here, right next to me. I've had two cups today. I usually have it about once a week, but it, but when I do, I'll have several cups. I love that stuff. And you're doing now, but yours, you're doing like a kind of a water extraction, or what do you what it what? Mine's yeah. Well, I I I, I just um, yeah, I, I put it in a crock pot, you know, the size of marbles, large marbles, and I put enough in there to keep it there, you know, to keep when I take some out. I add water, and as it gets weaker, I add more pieces, and when the pieces build up, I throw some of those out and just add new ones, and yeah, I, I'm just making tea with it. I'm I'm not specifically trying to extract anything. It just tastes really good, and I know it's right. good for you. <laughs> right. And so we'll make sure, I'll make sure um, my, my friend Joanne, she's been harvesting and, and, and making chaga extractions for years. She's awesome, and so she was kind enough and shared her, you know, recipe and stuff with me several years ago. And so I'll make sure that we get that up on the site with all the other links and, and stuff that we have on. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I want everybody to know yeah. that, you know, we'll have links attached to this because I, I don't know. I think I bombarded you with probably a good 15 or so um, of you know, anti, you know, kind of top antiviral herbs, you know, again, there's just so many um, herbs, I, parsley, sage, rosemary, thyme, they're all phenomenal for your brain, and they're phenomenal antivirals, and uh, they're just great for your body, and so, uh, you know, parsley, parsley is another great one, you know, it, it has kidney action, so any of these things, teas are okay, um, but again, if you're really trying to treat something and you're you're doing it through the tea form, you're going to have to drink three to four glasses a day for a period of time in order to get the healing components of that. Whereas um, if you're utilizing yeah. uh, a tincture, you've got a stronger extraction. So well, the, the, uh, I've been drinking it. I've been drinking it. I've had a crock pot of chaga going for about seven years. So, uh, and, and that's what I figured. I figured, you know, there's no reason for me to get all crazy about it because I'm going to be drinking it so much. Right. And there's always going to be some level of it. 
And I, and I forgot, I actually uh, took a mason jar, 32 ounce, packed it with chaga, I think in February or March. And uh, I think it was February. And then this maybe July or, you know, I think it was July, I drained it and refilled it with vodka. So I have a little Kukaman yeah. uh, yeah. soy sauce bottle that's actually uh, chaga, chaga extract. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I forgot I had done that. But, yeah, yeah, it's great stuff. I love it. Absolutely. Um, you know, so there's, there's, there's just, there's not a whole lot out there that isn't healing and, and beneficial for us. Um, so, you, you know, and, and again, a lot of these things um, that are anti-inflammatory are also going to calm our, our system. So they're a lot of times going to have some, some mood balancing, you know, aspects, um, you know, there's, it's they're just gonna hit you from from all different sides, and certainly, I mean, there's people who take press pills are the least desirable because there's usually lots of fillers and extra shit in there, and um, it's just harder for the body to break down. And typically, there's a lot less of the medicine that you're looking for in there. Um, ground herb in capsules, you know, can be effective, but again, you're gonna find you're gonna have to take, you know, like. I don't know. I remember back when people first started, you you know, to get little herbal packets and stuff, and you had to take like twelve different capsules. Well, you know, it's because it's not as strong. It's not as potent. It's you know an unactivated herb. So there, you're you're gonna have some some healing benefits, but not to the degree that you would if if you steeped and opened them and and, you know, allowed them to, to infuse. I think we definitely, um, I'm going to unmute uh, somebody else here who's got a question. Uh, I, I think it's definitely time for us to put, well, for me, to put up a, a resource page of all the different documents, and you're probably going to have to help me separate those into categories um, but we're, we're definitely due for that. You've given me so much information, and that, it, it's on the health, the hands-on health page at redressfordummies.org. Uh, for anybody that's looking for it, it is there. Uh, a lot of it is on the gut health and inflammation page, that one uh, show that we did. But I, I need to create a separate page for those. Those are definitely important. There's a caller, uh, 209 area code. If you've got a question, uh, go ahead and jump in. Hi. Yeah. Hi, Dina. It's Lonnie. Hello? Hi. Hello? I don't know where she went. Hi. Can you hear me? I can I can Hi. hear you. Can yeah, I you think you might have lost. Uh, we might have lost. Okay. We lost Dana for a moment. She'll uh, She'll call back in. Her phone might have died. She's. Uh, it shows that. No, it shows that she left the call. Yeah, she dropped off. Give her a second to come back. Um. What was your name? Hi, I'm Lonnie. Lonnie. Can you, can Hi, you hear Lonnie. me? Uh, my name's Gus. Hi. Hey. Could you I can. Give yeah. 
Could you give me, uh, while we're waiting for Dana, maybe, I missed where we can get the recipes and stuff that you guys are talking about tonight. Yeah, the uh, Hands on redressfordummies.org. Say Hands that again, on I'm sorry. Hands on Health is, is, is one place. Yeah, um, no, I'm Hands on Health is the page for, the, there's a page for, uh, hey, Dana, uh, Hands on Health is the page where, um, uh, okay, so I have, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to read and talk at the same time. <laughs> uh, I have a website called redressfordummies.org, and on that website, there's a page called Hands on Health, which is where Jeff and Dana have their stuff, and I try to keep all their things separate from everybody else's. And, and so the resources, the formulas, the recipes, we're gonna, I'm going to have to start putting those up. Dana sent us a, a lot of stuff over the last few months, and uh, I, I was out today, so I, I haven't had a chance to post those. But so they're all going to be on redressfordummies.org. How do you spell the redress? Redress, R-E-D-R-E-S-S. And then Got the it. number redressfordummies.org. Okay. Yep. And, hands and for, then Hands-On Health is on that page. If you're friends okay. with Dana, she's got that links Lonnie? to that page on her Hi, Facebook. Dana. <laughs> yes, it is. Hi. Hi. I hey, you guys are, I can't write fast enough, so I was just asking the gentleman, where do we go to find all this, um, to write these recipes down? But I had a question. Dana, you were talking about um, sage, and, you know, you started talking about what they're good for, and and buying different herbs one at a time, which I've been doing. But what about essential oils in this? Like if you have turmeric oil, if you have um, the sage, if you have um, the thyme in the oils, are they as good to use as the herbs? Oh, absolutely. Or not? They're going to be they're going to be fantastic. And so, whenever you're looking at infusing an essential oil into like a cream or or whatever you're 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 going to use anywhere from typically a three to a five percent dilution. So three to five percent of your mix would be that essential oils. Okay. Um, so if you had, um, and and I I actually have a, a cheat sheet that I'll put up folks on on that but you know just if if you have 30 drops of something you know or well I don't know you're going to make more than that but if you have like a quarter cup of something um you're you know you're going to have somewhere around 10 to 15 drops of of essential oil that you might add to that and so you know again if you're looking at um making a topical um, for pain. You're going to want something that's anti-inflammatory and um, then, all, you know, something that's going to help reduce inflammation in the body and you can combine a few of those. Um, you know, like, Lonnie, you, you've been making a topical now with, what, Arnica, Comfrey, St. John's Wort... Mm-hmm. And, yes. And what else? Uh, I, I got to get your recipe, Dana. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Well, oh, I put um, wintergreen essential oil. Yeah. Pep- peppermint uh-huh. essential oil. Um, and you, I think I did a eucalyptus uh, in there, too. And I think we figured out 20 drops, you're going to laugh at me, 20 drops is like a half a gram. Right. Um, even, uh, well, I think that's how it went. But, like, let me, if you give me an example, you know your, your uh, garlic, lemon, manuka, honey, apple cider, or all that. What if you wanted to use, like, lemon essential oil in that, and what would you infuse it in? Like, if you wanted to take it when you had a cold for a cough or... I missed that so part. So anytime you're going to utilize your essential oil, you want some kind of an emulsifier. So, so a bit of a fat, right? So some okay. kind of a fat or okay. like a sunflower lecithin, um, something like that for the essential oil to bind to. So what like even when I put... What coconut oil? Yeah, yeah, that'll be fine. Is that a fat? Is yeah, that yep, is good? Okay, it is. All right, yeah, got it. Okay. Put a little bit in there. Mm-hmm. Got like it. If I make a spray to spray on the bed and I'm going to use, like, some distilled water, I might throw a little bit of alcohol, you know, a little bit of vodka in it because uh, vodka also acts as a preservative. And then um, I'll add my essential oil and then I'll add, like, a few drops of, of glycerin and that it acts as an emulsifier, and it helps the the essential oil binds to it, and then it spreads throughout the water. So we would put that in the recipe that you and Jeff and the other gentleman were telling us, go ahead and put some glycerin in it? Yeah, you can put a little glycerin in it or, you know, again, a bit of a fat or some MCT oil, anything like that. Okay, okay. So you're going to put this up on your board, right? So we can go gotcha. to redress for for dummies.org and look at these things. And I can send them to you in message also, so you can okay. Apple. Well, thanks, you guys. I, my head's spinning, but it, I was telling Dana I'm type two diabetic, and for once, and I've been suffering with Bell's palsy, and I don't want to take all the pharmacy, you know, the steroids that you want. They want to put you on an antiviral, and I was telling her it is so awesome to finally be empowered to do something for yourself instead of depending on this pharmaceutical stuff that just gives you a whole host of side effects that then you're trying to, you know, address. So grateful to all of you guys. Oh, thanks. Well, and thanks. you've done a job, Lonnie, with taking this. And this Lonnie's who I was talking about earlier who has really, you know, she's just been the star pupil. And, oh, you know, yeah. she's, this is, you know, she has a gift and a desire and she's wanting to help and is helping herself, which is the first step, and, and on that's her way it. to helping others. And that's exciting. That's, I, that's, that's what this that's is what about. That's what got me into it is, that's what got me into it is being a type 2 diabetic and healing myself. So, um, you know, and I'm still bouncing around now uh, with some with so other... So Lonnie's the but one who I, had the Truman tea that I, I oh, yeah. didn't come up with blend, but I tinctured it, and so that's I'm going to send you. That's right. Yeah, she had yeah, me keep yeah. some, and I'm here. I'm going to send you some of that. I'm excited. I will send you the extra bags I have, and you can get it out to people. Share it, because I'm not going to use it all. But look how much you made me with just that one small bag. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll just fine. send it to you, and you can send it on to whoever, you know. Um, that's what the community is all about, right? This is what we're all about. Yes. This is exactly what we're all yeah, about. Helping one another. Exactly it. And that's it. And, you know, it's, we're not here to make money. I mean, yes, of course, we want. we, we would love to be able to... Uh, live a lifestyle and pay the bills doing this, but I know I certainly am not doing that uh, at this point for sure. And we're just here to help, you know. I mean, we're, like I, you know, Gus and I have said this for forever, you know. Um, if 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 we can help, we just help, <laughs> you know. If someone's in need and well, we have the ability well, we to help, help, we should just help. Though, we are helping ourselves. Absolutely, um, it's we're the only best making feeling our in the community world. stronger and healthier and and more Amen. knowledgeable. And knowledge is power. Yes. Into that. Yes. Yes. Well, I will get that to you, Dana, and you give it. Send it to uh, who's the gentleman online here? Or uh, that's type oh, two diabetic. Yeah. I've got some here, though. I am going to send him. But yeah, no, I'll. Awesome. <laughs> pretty good results with not having to drink it as a tea. And felt like that combined with some of the other stuff you were doing was maybe helping. Yes. Well, I just want to get off the metformin, if at all possible. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that. That's I, our I can goal. tell you. I I can tell you what helped me with that. And I, awesome. you know, I don't. I straight raw diet. Raw, oh well, that would take straight raw diet, and I turn everything turned around within months. You know, but I was wow. I was date I was dating a vegan um, counselor uh, health counselor at the time, and she was on me. And I'll tell you what, everything turned around in thirty thirty to forty five days. And I had been an undiagnosed type two diabetic for probably close to two decades, and oh found God. out that I was diabetic by passing out after a a, a, a gig that I, I'm a musician. So, um, and and. You know, literally was very, very sick and, and moved back to uh, New Jersey and met this woman and re- literally turned it around. Well, I'll, I'll, say, I'll give it 60 days. And, but it was stringent. Hmm. <laughs> All raw, lots of smoothies, lots of juicing, lots of water. But I was constantly eating, constantly eating fruit and, and vegetables raw. Constant, when I, you know, if I'm hungry, I'm just reaching for raw vegetables and fruit, mostly fruit. Okay. See, I'm afraid. Of, see, Dana, that's what uh, I guess uh, being educated is. I'm afraid of fruit because normally fruit will raise it is your a blood perfect, sugar. It is the perfect sugar for your body. I can't think of a better sugar for you. Than right. Fruit. And there's a difference <laughs> between left spinning and right spinning I, sugars. I, I can... And in getting the body, like you can't all of a sudden just one day, you know, kind of really stop and then bam. No. No, you know, I had to gradually. I had to process. gradually learn food. I had to learn food combining. I had to learn the difference because really, with diabetics, the issue is fat. <clears throat> so, uh, and the reason that works is, um, think about all the things that you you were not maybe not your, maybe not now, but you were eating that were combined fat and sugar. I don't care if it's yogurt, whatever it may be. But there's a lot of ways that we combine sugars and fats. It's a big no-no. You can have them both. But like when I tell people to make like a smoothie as an example, like I know a lot of people will put yogurt in a smoothie and I'll put almond milk and milk to, you know, some kind of nut milk or this milk or that. And it is a huge mistake for anybody who, who's trying to, you know, heal themselves and 
who's, who's trying to turn around a diabetic condition, when you mix that fat with sugar, you put that fat with that fruit, now you're, blo- you're literally blocking the, recept- the, recept- the insulin receptors with the fat, and the body is working twice as hard to get that under control, and it's working on things that it shouldn't be working on uh, that necessarily. It should be working on digesting raw fruit rather than raw fruit and fat. And, and there's, there's a difference. And it, there's a difference between how long it takes a uh, honeydew melon to digest and how, how, much, how, much, how long it takes to, a strawberry. So those things... Hey, matter. Jeff, your microphone's really acting up again. Okay. Um, how about now? Uh, I don't know. Good? No, no I think it's you. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's is it bad now? It's, it's just making a lot of static. Yeah, there's a lot of static. At least I can hear you this time. Hold on a second. Well, I, I'll look at and oh. the read, if you put this up on the read. It stopped. Yeah. yeah, well, I pulled it out. That, that yeah, Redress for Dummies. Yeah. Redressfordummies.org is the website. And uh, in the next week or so, hopefully before, uh, before the, the beginning of next week, I'll get a resource page up under the tab for hands-on health and uh, I'll put all the documents, all the recipes, whatever, whatever I have already from Dana and whatever else she gives me, I'll start just putting stuff there. It might not be real organized at first, but I'll get it all in there. Thank you guys. Thank you, Lonnie. You have a great night, sweetie. You too. Did I lose you? All right. Yeah. No. Yeah. The if you if you have a question, press uh, star two to raise your hand. Or is it star six? Star two to raise your hand, and star. I'm gonna allow people to unmute themselves by pressing star six. Um, but if you if you have a question, just go ahead and uh, and ask. Uh, we typically go to only two hours, but I was just looking at the Facebook and uh, link that you had, and there's people that didn't realize we were still on. So if anybody just showed up from Facebook and, and you've got a question and you'd like to get some answers, um, I don't mind staying for a few extra minutes. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Um, yeah, just God, raise I, your hand. Uh, start. Go ahead, Dana. Oh no, I was just like, they're so. It's always so much information, and I feel like I'm just like blah, 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 and throwing this stuff out it's there. Awesome. It's awesome. Like makes sense. It's it's really fantastic to have that much information. The reason I do these calls is for people to get answers, and if you know to get that many answers all at once. You know, thank God there's a recording. You can go back, you can listen to it, and listen to it, and listen to it, and take notes, and it's it's fantastic. I mean, that that's the reason we do the calls is so people can get a ton of answers, uh, and and that's what you do, and it's it's absolutely awesome. I wish the rest of life were so uh, so you know had so many answers. To it because there's uh, I've been studying a lot of other things that don't have that that many answers. You know, there's a lot of people who think they've got answers. I used to think I had answers to a lot of things. I don't, um, but you obviously do, and it's 
fantastic. Wow, I, yeah, no, snow. I'm, I, I've got a lot to learn still. I, I, I consider myself, I know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> I, 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 I had to ask you what to do with a dandelion at the beginning of the call, and I've been paying attention to health for 20, 30 years. Yeah, it's just you do have that much information, and and at least you're dangerous. I don't, I can't even do that. <laughs> I always told my husband, so, uh, I'm like, you better quit. Me. He screws with me all the time. I'm like, you better leave me alone. I'll poison your ass. I can do it too. No, <laughs> I wouldn't do that because I'd be the first one they'd look at for that, but. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, you just said that on a recording. I can't believe you just said that on the recording. Oh, I'm teasing. <laughs> I know you are. For God's sakes, I know you are. Like but you have no idea the assholes much. that are probably listening right now. Anyway. True, true. Well, my husband and I, like, joke pretty rough back and forth with each other. So they're, they're you know. relationship, sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, we we were totally playing, and no, I wouldn't poison him because my luck, I'd do it just enough where he'd live, and then I'd have to take care of him. So I won't ever poison. <laughs> you'd, you'd have to change. You'd you'd be the one changing the drool cup. You got it. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, so yeah, don't want to go there. All right. Well, hey. Anyway, uh, are we are we definitely uh, are we back on next Tuesday night for sure? Yep. Yeah, sure. yeah, and we, we'll do a continuation over the next few weeks of kind of fine-tuning some of the herbs and, and getting more into recipes, um, you know. What uh, you did with the dandelion and the ginger and the garlic, and, you know, the, the, the specific things that people are really familiar with, uh, typically people don't learn the first time. Or they right. miss something and they, they don't know what they missed until they've heard it three or four more times. So all that basic information, it's always good to repeat that stuff. So you know, don't don't ever worry that you're repeating yourself. It has to be done. And uh, right, to, right. to keep it basic over and over and over again. And then and then there's always new people. And so it it's it, it's really good to get that same stuff out over and over again. And I'll I'll get that resource page up. And um, I'll be back here tomorrow night for a, for my last uh, law show. But after that, I'll be doing basically just this, just the health calls, because that's really where my interest is. And uh, I love this. You have no idea how much I love this. This is so cool. Um, I don't know. I don't think anybody else came up. I don't see anybody's hands up. Uh, if you hit yeah, I got six, a question. you would be. Go ahead, yeah. Eric. Eric. <laughs> hey. Is that Eric guy? Well, first I oh, got to... This is a crazy <laughs> Eric, dude. First of all, Dana, you knocked it out of the park tonight, as always. You're awesome. I was scribbling notes fast. I think I burnt a pen out. I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah, you're just a rock star, so thank you. Oh, thank um, you. Gus. You may not be dangerous, but you're definitely notorious. Don't say anything about me, please. Oh, sorry. No. no. <laughs> it is what it is, brother. I <laughs> know. Uh, hey, look, you said I was hitting on you earlier. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Come on, don't go there. Yeah, that was me. I'm sorry. I. I instigated the wrong conversation. 
<laughs> All right, hey, okay. we're we're gonna be back. We're gonna be back tomorrow night. He has a question. Uh, I thought. Off. Hey, you no, Eric. Question. If you have any questions. He's got a question, bro. Yeah, Eric, you got a question? Yeah, I got a bunch <laughs> of questions. Bro. I got a rack of questions. I think Eric has a question, hell, dude. Uh, <laughs> well, let's go. You think you're gonna get off this easy, Gus? Come on. <laughs> okay, for the young lady, I think her name was Lonnie. Uh, that spoke last. Yeah, I I believe that dark berries, dark types of fruits, and you know, uh, Jeff kind of commented on like he likes fruits and stuff. That's that's fine. You can eat fruits because that's a natural, uh, you know, sugars. But it, it's definitely better to go with the darker uh, fruits and typically berries with less of the sugars and more of the polyphenols that, you know, basically uh, act as the antioxidants in your body. So if you have diabetes, I would think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dana or Jeff, uh, it's better to go, if you're going to eat fruits, it's better to go with dark type of fruits or dark berries or dark yeah you know, I mean polyphenols fruits are, with more polyphenols are all polyphenols are always good dark dark red stuff is always great however when it comes to diabetes when it comes to ingesting food learning food combining is actually the most important and learning how to remove the fat when you're eating the fruit or the sugars is paramount so yeah I agree with you for sure but the fat removal still having the fat but doing it at a different time and really getting to a raw aspect of diet <clears throat> and I've, I've talked to Dana about this before I, I know two guys that are triathletes that are type 1 diabetics and they were having all kinds of issues trying to get their um, insulin pumps you know their insulin levels down and the girl who helped me, my girlfriend at the time, was also working with these guys, and they were they became fruitarians, and all they ate was raw fruit. Yeah, I was going to say, and along with that, there's herb combinations, like you said, that you do for the removal sure. of certain. It's a real big component of. Um, absolutely. So vitamins, minerals. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking specifically on ingesting on. Sorry, go ahead, bro. No, okay, well, I was just going to say, that actually brings me to my next point, which is the presence of phytate in certain fats, especially fats that are like nuts and seeds. So they are loaded with phytates, which by themselves are not bad. They don't do us harm, but they tend to bind up certain minerals. There you go. So if you're taking, if you're taking mineral supplements, at the same time you're eating handfuls of almonds and walnuts, that may not be the best route to go. You probably want to separate those consumptions by at least a couple of hours. So you take your your supplements and then maybe two, three hours later, then you eat your nuts and seeds and fats and all that stuff. Or vice versa. So that, Well, or vice yeah, and versa because... Sometimes you want to taking with food is sometimes like very important. cannabis oil. Well, your nuts and seeds, but like you want to um, 
busy liver function, and so some of those will process through the liver. And then, some, and a lot of your nuts actually, like almonds and chia seeds and things like that, you want to soak overnight. Um, one, it makes them easier to digest. It's easier for them to chew. And two, it helps activate them and and, and make them... How do you how do you get them to stop sticking together? Put them in a mask and juicer and make milk. Yeah. <laughs> you mean like with the yeah. chia seeds or with just nuts in general? The chia seeds, yeah. When I make, when I put them in a smoothie, oh, they I, just yeah, coagulate, I, man. That's I, that's man. That's just you gotta. I I won't I, put the char uh, down when I put them in my. When I put them in my my smoothie, I just I refuse to yeah, let go of the jar. I, I, into I, just... a smoothie <laughs> I feel like I got fish balls, eggs, whatever in my just. <laughs> it's a texture yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I mix them in with stuff, and then I cook with them. You know, I put chia, raw chia, and hemp seeds, um, like at the end when I'm doing stir fries and things, just for flavor and crunch and texture as well as another way to ingest them. But soaking them is the best way to, to make them ready for the body. Okay, so and then a little bit earlier you, you were talking about like uh, essential oils yeah. and with uh, Lonnie and I just want to like, I don't know who's on the call. I'm sure there's a lot of people on here. Maybe it's the first time. But I just want to make it clear that not all essential oils can be consumed. No. You, yeah. So if Dean that's no, no, no. a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Like Penny Royal. And, and again, there's, yeah, you are 100% right. And, in fact, um, a couple of the documents we'll have up are, you know, the safety regulations from the aromatherapy folks and, you know, they're real clear about the raindrop therapies and dilution, proper dilution and not ingesting. And if you do, again, having proper dilution, which means having something, you know, again, an emulsifier mixed in. If you're going to drink frankincense and water, and frankincense is one that you can apply neat and, topically, and, and there's people who do like a drop on the roof of their mouth, but again, it's highly concentrated. That's like one drop is like 100,000 molecules. It's more than that. It's like a million molecules. It'd be like drinking, it's like drinking six cups of coffee or, you know, like in a drop or, you know, I mean, there's, it's six cups of something. So you got to recognize you're going to get a bigger bang for your buck by diluting it too, especially topically, because then all of a sudden you can apply more of it over a broader area. Um, but yeah, no, go ahead. You're right. Uh, not all are meant because some are very toxic. Some are, yeah, Penny Royal. I mean, I, I've used Penny Royal for, to, in place of like a decon in my feed room, um, you know. I know Dana. The peppermint, the peppermint oil I have, one drop is an equivalent to fifty cups of peppermint tea. Yes, yes, and so that's what people don't understand. More is not always right. better with the essential oils. Less 
is better. And I'll, I'll tell you what, man, they'll burn you up. I cannot stress enough. Like lemongrass is my favorite, favorite, favorite in the world. But, you know, uh, it, a little bit goes a long way. And I don't have sensitive skin, but it, it burns. I got clove oil one time. Well, when I still have the same bottle. And I put my finger on it, and I just got a little on my finger because I wanted to taste it. What a mistake that was. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, so it's, it's really important to understand the oils that you're working with because, um, you know, you can get really sick. And, you know, again, I'll, I'll say it again and again and again about frankincense. Frank, a quality frankincense oil you can't beat, okay? I mean, I, frankincense is, you know, great for, you know, improving mood, and it's an anti-inflammatory, and it's great for your skin. It helps get rid of scars and stretch marks, and, you know, and wrinkles. It's, it's anti-cancer. It's anti-cancer when you have it in the resin form or if the boswala, which is, you know, the really big kicker, the important part of frankincense, unless there are no, an essential oil is not going to have boswala in it unless they have added boswala back in after the steam distillation process because that's how essential oils are made. The boswalic acid molecule is too big to pass through the steam distillation process. So chemically, it's impossible for that to occur. So if somebody tells you otherwise, they're full of shit. Um, that boswalic acid is it just chemically, it's impossible. Now, they can add it back in afterwards. Now, when you have a resin or you have the tincture, the boswalic acids are still intact. And then you can do infusions. So a quality frankincense oil is great, but, you know, I, I, I want to kind of just smack people because there are some studies out there where people are like, oh, yeah, I used frankincense oil and got rid of my cancer, but then there's really no, it's, it's, there's just not a lot of studies out there. Now, anti-inflammatory properties and all kinds of other things with the essential oil, it's phenomenal. You know, everyone should have that in their arsenal. Tina, okay, have so you heard of the, other... oh, the, the copapia oil? I think I meant something. Uh, yeah, that's, I've, you've got, you should have some Copaiba? of that. Uh, yeah, now, Copaiba. Copaiba. Thank you. Now, Copaiba. That, yes. Now, doesn't, oh, yeah. that affect, doesn't that affect one of our our receptors like cannabis does? CB2 receptors, you are very mm -hmm. correct. Okay. And so what would that be good for? Just pain? Oh, pain and inflammation. And and oh. then, you know, even then there are certain cancers that have CB2 receptors. And so, you know, thereby activating and, and waking that part of the endocannabinoid system up, you know, for cannabis, um, you know, it's going to be a real dynamic duo with, with, uh, your cannabis oils to boost bioavailability. It's wonderful as an anti-inflammatory. Um, it's also really great for mood. Um, I, I add that into a lot of a lot of stuff. 
And so, I just put it on the uh, bottom of my feet. Sure, yeah, 10,000 yeah. receptors down there on the bottom of the feet. So, um, and again, you know, mixing it with just a little bit of a carrier, you, you get right. that full coverage. And, and have you noticed anything in utilizing it? Um, I just got it, to be honest uh, with you, because okay. I heard okay. that it does something to one of our receptors, and you just, I don't know what the CB2 receptor is, but um, I thought it activated Those tend that one. in our immune system and our organ systems and our central nervous system. I and CB2, CBD tends to be associated with, it, it attaches to a part of the CB2 receptor. Um, and, and so, um, yeah, so it, you know, again, it, it helps activate those receptors. It helps reduce pain and inflammation um, and, and has some mood-boosting qualities as well. Well, the reason I ask that is because uh, of the Bell's palsy, which is the inflammation of that nerve behind the ear in that little bone. So that's why I was curious about what you were saying. All of you were talking about these great um, uh, things for an herbs for anti-inflammatory, which I, I just want to go make a topical out of all of them now and smear it all over my face and my ear. Are you, you know, ingesting lines? Are you ingesting any lion's mane at all? Other than I don't know or, what that is. Lion's mane, yeah, you are in the mushroom. Hey, magic. I am. Yes, lion's in the mane. magic mushroom. Yeah, Dana. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I got uh, her tincture, the magic mushroom. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then you'll we're, we're going to see her get on. Right to see her get on powder mane also. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. yeah I, yeah, definitely. Definitely use that. Load okay. up on it. I was even thinking of taking the cannabis, the 8-to-1, and rubbing it behind the ear, you know. Absolutely. Um, and mix some of your copa by, or co uh, I'm going to keep saying it I can't it pronounce wrong. it. Copa. Copa. Say it, Jeff. Copa. Copa. Yeah, and Jojoba. <laughs> That's a great one. Jojo. As well. Jojo, <laughs> Yeah, the Jojo. Um, so, but, yeah, so, you know, again, um, you can utilize your various carrier oils. Um, you've got your goat's milk cream, so you can throw I some frankincense that. in there for, uh, you know, and some others, you know, but, you know, for a nice facial cream. Mm -hmm. Um you know, your vitamin E. Vitamin E is great for the skin, and it also acts as a preservative. This is so much to learn, but so good, you guys. we got to get everybody on this call. <laughs> That's a good hey, I just uh, set I, I agree with her. I just set up the resource page. It's got nothing on it except the link, and which I just put into the chat. For anybody listening to the recording, you can go to the chat uh, and hit that link. Um, but the, the link is there. The page is up. It's an empty page, yeah. and I'll fill it this weekend. <laughs> Look at you multitasking. 
Fantastic. Eric, are you still there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still there. Okay. I just got one last thing for you tonight. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. No, no go ahead. This, is, this is my last one. Okay. So we were talking earlier about dandelion and drying, you know, uh, you know, drying different flowers or roots or whatever. And sometimes we want to use our dehydrators. Sometimes we'll just air dry them. And right. I just want to, I just want to clarify that you do not necessarily want to dry things into in the sun in the sunlight. Yeah. Is that, yeah, what, is that your understanding? Yeah. I'll have some like when I first harvest them. Like if I go get a bunch of stinging nettle. Initially, you know, I'll hang it outside on the porch upside down or my herbs, and I have them hanging there. But as soon as I, you know, like when I pick something, then i got to, like, harvest it. And so it'll kind of be air drying there for maybe no more than a day. But, yeah, the sun the sun really, uh, you know, really radiates it. Um, now, you can use a solar dehydrator. Um and and you know you'll you'll be able to dehydrate and again it's just about watching it and making sure that you know when it's dry it's 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 dry. Like I'm I'm up to my ears in metaki right now. I've got like 50 pounds to process, but that's a mushroom. Wow, too. that's awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah, and okay. so so a mushroom is going to have different effects than like a a vegetable or a plant like dandelion, yeah. chicory, plantain. Of course. It's also going to have a different effect depending on how you ingest it. You know, tinctures are different right. than, than straight extracts. Um, it's, it's very interesting how, you know, it's the same thing with cannabis oil. You know, anything that you're ingesting, you, sublingually is going to be different than taking it uh, with, as a suppository, as it's going to be uh, using it topically, as it's going to be t- ingesting it in a, a, a powder form um, or in a, in a drink, as, a, as an example. Like, right. you, could, you know, you could take mushrooms sublingually, you could take mushrooms digestively, so they go through your, uh, you know, your large intestine, you can take them, you can drink them, and they'll go through your small intestine and, and absorb into your bloodstream in different ways. Really, one of the great things about um, learning how to, in, how important ingesting is and combining is and all those things, they all come into play, you know, utilizing the belly button, <laughs> things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was our initial life connection yeah. and way we got fed and oxygenated, and, you know, as far as at the cellular level and, yeah. Belly button. Oh, I guess my question is, if you, like, dry leafy greens in the sun, is that going to damage them? Or no, can you, if, can you if, actually if you leave them dry? out there over t- too long of a time, then, then it will. But if you leave it out there, like, I, there's certain ones, like, because there's days in the summer where I can get stuff dried in a couple of hours. Um. And so, you know, like I have a little herb thing. It's a little herb spoon. It's got different shaped circles. And, you know, I pull my branches off and I harvest whatever parts. And if I'm keeping stems, you know, I chop those up. 
and I have baskets where I'll keep stuff outside um, because I have shaded areas and, and then I have sun areas. And, you know, I can I can put something out on the rail for a couple of hours and I'm constantly turning it though, right? So I'm turning it and messing with it constantly, like every 30 minutes to an hour. And, and, and that, as long as you get it done and get it dried and then get it in, you're okay. But you don't want to just leave stuff out for extended periods in the sun. Now, like when I, because I, I have tons and tons of like mint and catnip, um, sometimes I will take those and I'll hang them and I have a, a lean, a lean to area. So it's, it's, it, it has some air that comes into it, but it's not in the sun. And if I need to, you know, for a couple of days. And I'll let it kind of begin to dry there, but I, I like to if you if you don't get it broken down and getting the flowers separated and stuff like that, especially if that's mostly what you're looking for on certain plants, then the stems get in the way and they're pokey and they don't grind up well and they're a big pain in the ass. So you want to get yeah, them broken yeah. down and cut up when they're still moist. So when you if you put them in your uh, no, that was hydrator. Like what temperature? No, I, mean, <laughs> <not really follow-up. laughs> I require a follow up. Damn it! Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, by the way, okay, so in your do- le- hey, hey, one, leaves I are think great. it runs around leaves. 170, leaves like 170 Fahrenheit. Because a lot of times, because you, you can dehydrate stuff in your oven too. Like you can dry them herbs in your oven but I don't like doing it that way I, I don't mess with that but um, you know I mean people can um, but well, so you know you're you all can, the way to 170 okay um, well if I'm if I'm trying to do something fairly you know if something something quicker but you can do you can do less but um, that, well I don't know I bet that thing doesn't get up to 170 that's what it is in the oven um, I, you know what, mine doesn't even have a digital, the main one I use doesn't even have a digital readout on it. It just has one setting, and I, I have to, uh, I pull from the bottom because obviously the ones at the bottom get done quicker, so I, I have to rotate my trays. Gotcha. Okay, well, thank yeah. you so much, Dana. So I love sorry, you, girl. I, you know what? I, I I wish I had a better answer for you on that, but I I don't. I I know one set was one seventies in the oven, um, and I am I'm, I'm pretty positive that my <laughs> my dehydrator doesn't get that hot. It, you know. Yeah, I'm sure not because it's probably yeah. plastic. Or <laughs> so that know, was whatever, kind of a but... dumb answer, and I retract that. <laughs> but yeah, it's, oven, it's okay. The oven, it's usually around 170 because there's quite a few that don't go too much below that. Um, but you're just going to have a real reduced cook time. But 170 is still well below um, any kind of a burn off or boil off or, you know, where you're destroying too much. Gotcha. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I so much appreciate this. And I. I have so many notes, and I'm very grateful for all the information that you guys have given tonight. Thank you so much. We're grateful for you guys. I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys hang out with us and ask questions. It really is. That's the reason we're here. 
Uh, it's it's wonderful to have Jeff and Dana and to get all this information. It's really really wonderful. Uh, we're well over two and a half hours though, so I am going to kill the call, and we will be back on Tuesday. And Good night. I'll be back Thank tomorrow you, night for my last lot thing. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for thanks, so thanks much, for coming Ronnie. over. Again, the website is redressfordummies.org. The, uh, the tab that you're looking for for Jeff and Dana's information is Hands-On Health. That's the name of this show. And I just added the resource link, uh, resource page to that, which I will load up this weekend with Dana's uh, material, Jeff's material, whatever I get in, and we'll sort through it, categorize it, put the recipes up, whatever we can do to, to get stuff out there and Y'all have a, a great week. Thanks, Dana. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Thanks for everybody. Thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. Really do. Absolutely. I really Thank appreciate you. like hearing new voices and, and um, coming in and asking questions tonight. It was really cool. Absolutely. It was. And I just all right. thank Jess for all you do and Jeff, you as well. I love you guys. And tune in next week. Love you too, Dana. We'll see. We'll we talk, you we'll too, talk soon. Yeah. Are you cutting sure. the recording, but we're staying on, or are we hanging up? <laughs> I'm going uh, to just cut the recording, and then uh, we'll... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.